miss Canty and Carlin? Having fun earlier in the show. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. ESPN App Series 6M Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nutz, along with Michael Rothstein. He backed you, man. Yeah. Like, he I mean, shut by you the way, down. Like, uh, our versions of fun, fun of- are way different, my man. <laughs> I guess it was fun for me and Jeff. Maybe not as much fun for you since you were the one he was threatening. But you decided to make fun of him being a little short and having to stand on the apple crate. And he he was ready for you. To be fair, just to be very, very clear here, he posted a photo of himself hugging the apple crate, calling it his best friend earlier, which is the only reason that that came up. Someone had taken a photo of him yesterday at the winter meetings of him standing on the apple crate. And he and I were actually texting about it then. If he did not post a photo of him hugging it like it was his child, (laughs) then I probably would not have said anything. Just saying. He set it up and then, you know, he just didn't want to have fun with it. That's okay. He, he was not ready. He was not ready to have that kind of fun. Somebody who's always ready to have fun, Chris Canty, co-host of this very program, Canty and Carlin, joining us right now on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. He was happy when he saw the tweet from Jeff Passan saying that Aaron Judge is returning to the New York Yankees. So, Chris, as a Yankee fan, what was your reaction to the Aaron Judge contract? Oh, first of all, Gabe, Michael, appreciate you guys holding it down for me and Carlin. And, and yeah, I was actually doing Get Up This Morning when I got the news and Christmas came early for Yankees fans because this is what we were waiting on. We were, we were waiting to get this piece of news with hot stove kind of heating up a little bit. We were wondering what was going to happen. And after there were reports that Aaron Judge and the Giants were zeroing in on a deal, we were wondering where that leaves us uh, when it comes to the, not only the pursuit of Aaron Judge, but what the plans are in terms of continuing to fortify the roster and pursuit of the 28th championship in franchise history. And so I'm glad we don't have to think about that now without Aaron Judge being in the fold. I will say that this is an outstanding get. This is the free agent of all free agents this offseason. But the Yankees also have other business to attend to. And so I'm curious to see where Brian Cashman and how Steinbrenner pivot after putting Aaron Judge business to sleep. Now, Chris, I want you to take off your radio host ESPN star hat here and just put on your own Yankee fan only hat. Does Aaron Judge have to win a title here at some point, and maybe more than one title at some point in the length of this contract to validate it? And if he does not, how will that change maybe how Yankee fans view him? You know, he doesn't have to win a title. Now, I know Yankee fans uh, would like to see that happen, but if they don't win a title over the life of this contract, I think Yankee fans will point at Brian Cashman much more so than they will point at Aaron Judge. And we got to remember, Cash was, uh, you know, essentially a free agent because his contract was up after the 2022 season. And they decided that they were going to give him a four-year four year deal and continue to stay the course with him being the architect of this team. So if the Yankees fall short, I think a lot of Yankees fans' anger would turn toward Brian Cash and before it would go to Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is a homegrown player. Um, He was a part of that Baby Bombers movement in 2016-2017. And he looked at it as the cornerstone in which they're trying to build a contender around. And all the guy did last year was go out and win AL MVP, have an OPS over 1,000, flirt with a batting title. He would have been the third winner of a batting title in the last 50 years had he been able to pull it off. And it came down to the last couple of weeks. So Yankees fans know exactly what Aaron Judge is. Not to mention – 
the guys in the clubhouse know exactly who Aaron Judge is. And, and so I don't necessarily know that this contract puts any more pressure on him than what was already there. I think this puts much more pressure on Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner to make the requisite moves to take advantage of having a player like Aaron Judge. Chris Canty, joining his own show, co-host of Canty and Carlin, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Michael Rothstein. In for the guys today. All right, Chris, let's shift gears to the NFL because Odell Beckham Jr. continues to gain momentum. Where is he going to go? Is it going to be the Dallas Cowboys? Well, Cowboys defensive player Demarcus Lawrence had this to say about OBJ, saying, it's fair to say I'm trying to reach a Super Bowl. So if he can come and help us with that, then yes, I'll accept him. But if we're just going to do the circus, no, I don't. Lawrence later added, I'm focused on this year, this team, what we have in this locker room, and the journey we're on. So, Chris, what do you make of that quote from Demarcus Lawrence, and will it impact if the Cowboys do indeed try to sign Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, it sounds like Tate Lawrence is taking his cues from Jerry Jones because Jerry expressed some concern with the medical report that he got from his staff following OBJ's visit with them. And and so while you know it sounds nice to be able to add that name to the Cowboys' current skill position core, if Odell can't come in and contribute in a meaningful way for the end of the regular season on into the playoffs, then there's no point, there's no urgency to sign him now because everybody also understands what comes along with signing Odell. He's one of the most popular players in the National Football League, and the guy hasn't played a snap this season. So I think this is a situation where Tank Lawrence is being real about it and understanding the opportunity that the Cowboys have in front of them. Guys, there's really only one team that anybody uh, and everybody would say that they trust more than the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC, and that would be the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the list. With everything that happened with Jimmy Garoppolo and his status being uncertain, it feels like the Cowboys have a clear path to a championship. To me, there's a ton of pressure on Dallas, on Dak Prescott, on Mike McCarthy to be able to get this thing across the goal line. And, you know, whether or not they add Odell, I don't think it's consequential in terms of this team competing for a championship. All right, let's follow on that a little bit. What do you think happens if the Cowboys lose in wildcard weekend again? Assuming, obviously, they make the playoffs, which I think a lot of people believe they will. If they don't win a game in the playoffs... What happens then in Dallas? Guys, I think you got to question the job security of Mike McCarthy. You do. I, I mean, wild card weekend last year was a massive disappointment. Hosting a home playoff game, you get bounced by the San Francisco 49ers, and in that you have some game management issues, and you have uh, 13 penalties. This year, the Dallas Cowboys, second most penalized team in the National Football League, and they've had some game management issues as well this year, all you have to do is look at how they handled the fourth quarter and overtime of the Green Bay Packers' loss. So if the Cowboys get to wild card weekend and they're on the road against the team, I don't know, like Tampa, and they end up losing to them, I think Jerry Jones has to take a long, hard look at who his head coach is because, again, guys, this is a, a great opportunity, maybe the best opportunity that the Cowboys have had to compete for a championship considering the NFC field in the last quarter century. Makes sense to me. Chris, we certainly appreciate the time. Look forward to all the takes you're going to be giving here on Canty and Carlin later in the week. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Michael. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. 
Chris Canty. Again, he's the co-host of this show, Canty and Conlon, right here on ESPN this is home. joining the program. <laughs> this is his home. We're just, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're squatting for a day. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're just hanging out, keeping it warm for him. But he's still, I mean, he's got takes to give off, so we got to make sure that he gives the takes right here on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next right here on this very fine program, can the Bucks still make a playoff run? It's get up, get down. We'll do it next here on ESPN Radio and smart speakers everywhere by saying play ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Get up, get down here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series, XM at Channel 80, also on your smart speakers by just saying play ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Nigel, he's Michael Rothstein, in for the guys today, and even though he's not here, he was still on Get Up this morning, and here's what Chris Canty had to say about Tom Brady and the playoffs. Betting against Tom Brady? I, I don't want to live in that world. Now, this is... Not a very good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And even though they're one game back of what their record was when they won the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. this team feels less like 2020 Tampa and more like 2019 New England. Now, that being said, Tom Brady's been in the playoffs 19 times. Only three times he's been one and done. Tom Brady in home playoff games, 21-5 and record. So you do the math. And when you consider the potential matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like this is one of those – potential upsets that we would see on wild card weekend. Not because I believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You don't believe in the Cowboys. Except that I don't believe in the Cowboys even less. (laughs) Still making somehow his Buccaneers and Tom Brady take all about the Dallas Cowboys. So are you in with that? Are you not betting against Tom Brady when it hits the postseason in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, Michael? Well, I don't know why everybody is so sold that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to be in the postseason. Like, let, let's start there, Because Gabe. somebody has to win the NFC I'm aware. South. I watch that every day. <laughs> I cover it every day. I wake up every yeah, morning, so- and I'm like, okay, the NFC South is a big portion of my life, and that's kind of sad, but here we are. I, I'm not sold that they win. Now, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to this Sunday against San Francisco. If they beat San Francisco with third-string quarterback Brock Purdy, you know, quarterbacking the Niners— If they beat San Francisco, they're in a really good position, two games up with four to play on the rest of the division. If they do not beat San Francisco, they're right back in the muddled mess again because they still have to play Atlanta in the season finale. I I just am not sold. I think they still have to play Cincinnati as well. I'm not sold that Tampa Bay is going to even make the playoffs yet because here's the other thing. If they can't beat San Francisco, 
Defense is really good. Offense, again, Brock Purdy. That is a major, major problem for a team that just has been hanging on. They beat the Saints by like this much. No one can see it, but I'm like, my fingers are so close (laughs) together. Like, that's just the issue, Gabe. Like, this team is not good to the point that I'm not completely certain that they're going to even be in the postseason. I love in that clip that Canty brought up 2019 New England because that's what I think of too. That even though that that team in New England went 12 and four that year, they ended up losing to the Tennessee Titans in Foxborough in the division. Excuse me, in the wild card round of the playoffs, and everybody kind of felt that they were ripe for the picking, and yet that was still a tight playoff game. I, Tom Brady's the boogeyman, and if he does indeed make the postseason. The Cowboys are going to be terrified of playing him because he's Tom Brady. He pulls stuff out of his backside constantly. Like this dude is just really good. He pulled another one out against you know against New Orleans. You just cannot let this guy continuously hang around and hang around because eventually that Tom Brady magic is going to come out. So if indeed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the postseason, I will have a hard time looking at that game if it ends up being against the Cowboys, which. It seems like it would be at this point, just because they still have to chase down the Eagles in order to avoid being in that wild card round or being a road team in the wild card round. I have a hard time looking at Tom Brady and going, "Yeah, this is the year I'm going to bet against him." No, I, I get it. I totally get it. Except again, I, what I've seen, my eyes are not lying to me over 13 weeks of the season. Not not buying it. That offensive line is still bad. That defense is still incredibly questionable and injured. Their receivers are really good. We know that. Their run game, we'll see, because if they keep rolling with Leonard Fournette, guess what? It's not working. You switch to Rashad White. He seems to be the better option right now. I I get why people would believe in Tom Brady, but I just look at this team, and I— I think Kenny's right. If they do get there, 2019 New England, remember what what ended that game, Gabe? A Tom, Tom Brady, Brady pick six. Pick six. I, I'm just saying, I don't think that this Bucks team is any good. I do not think that any NFC South team would win a playoff game. I, I, I can't see it. The only way I could maybe see it is if Seattle ends up as the number five seed because I'm not sold on the Seahawks there having to go on the road across the country. That's it. Anyone else? No. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I get where you're coming from because the Cowboys, to me, seem like they're the second-best team in the NFC. And when we've seen these subpar conferences end up winning divisions with 500 or worse records. I think of the Seattle Seahawks and when Marshawn Lynch had that incredible run against the New Orleans Saints at home in a playoff game where they had a losing record during the regular season. But again, Seattle's a really tough place to play. And that Saints team, probably not as good as the Cowboys have played so far this season. Same thing with when Washington was able to win a playoff game a couple of years ago. And I have a hard time betting against Tom Brady. But also... To the other point that Canty made in that clip on Get Up this morning, the Cowboys last season were in the driver's seat. They had the home game. It was a tight game, and they committed 13 penalties at home in a playoff game. How much can you trust the Cowboys, presuming that it's going to be them in that top wild card spot who would end up playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, presumably the fourth seed, as the worst division champion record in the NFC? It's a different year with a different team and a different cast and maybe an OBJ as well in Dallas. We'll see. I No, 
Like, I, I, I get it. I understand the numbers, too, that, yeah, under these under 500 playoff teams, as rare as it is, have been successful because you do get a home game. But just, no, I, I just can't see How much of a home field it. advantage is it down there in Tampa? I mean, I've been there. I go there every year, and it, I guess it's kind of one, but the only true home field advantage in my eyes in the NFC South is New Orleans. Like, New Orleans is a very difficult place to play. Their fans show up. Atlanta, you don't worry about it. Look, last weekend, Pittsburgh had 60% of the crowd in there, and I think almost every week this year in Atlanta, it's been the opposing team that has had, it's almost like a 50-50 split. It's like a neutral site game. Tampa has some home field advantage, but I'm just not buying that that's going to be a big difference maker. Like I said, if they have to come from the West Coast on a short week type of situation, that's part of that conversation. But if it's Dallas, I'm sorry, I just I think Dallas would roll them. Well, but even if, let's say, Dallas catches Philly, whoever is that number two team in the NFC East presumably is going to be that number five team that would have to then go to Tampa Bay. Sure. And the East just seems to be, again, those to me are the two best teams in the NFC, either the Cowboys or the Eagles. They're, those are the two best teams. That's the NFC Championship game I think most people would like to see as the two best presumable teams, especially with the injury out west to Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. So, yeah, it, it is certainly an uphill climb. With all that being said, it's still Tom Brady. I can't, I can't do it at this point. He just Every time you want to count him out and bet against him, and I'm not saying the Buccaneers are a Super Bowl contender, but pulling out one game at home crazy enough in the playoffs, do I think the Buccaneers could do it? Yeah, I think they could because that's how scared I am of Tom Brady. I understand, and I'm guessing you have visions of Tom Brady from being in Green Bay and you know watching this over and over again. Like This is what Tom Brady does. I get it. I totally understand it, and I understand why people would believe in Tom Brady. 100%, and you're probably right. But I just can't get over the fact that this is a bad, it's a team. bad team. It's a, it's bad, a bad Buccaneers team. A bad team. team. Like Again, 100%. I don't think they're necessarily making the playoffs. They were... Mark Ingram, and I, I don't fault Mark Ingram, not to go back to that. I don't fault him for running out of bounds. He was injured. It was second down. You should be able to get one yard if you're the Saints. They were one yard away from that entire division possibly being tied at 5-8 and eight next week. <laughs> bad team. Bad, bad, bad team. team. It is a bad team. It is bad. And you, you try to balance that with Tom Brady, which is hard to fathom that they're that bad, even though they have Tom Brady, although it's happening up in Green Bay as well. Uh, they're a very bad team, even though they have Aaron Rodgers. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. What exactly did one GM mean when he said he's seen all he needs to see when it comes to their QB of the future? We'll dive into that coming up next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio, ESPN F, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Michael Rothstein, in for the guys this evening. And I am in Milwaukee. Spent a lot of time talking about the Green Bay Packers, and their season has not gone as planned this year. <laughs> Thought of being one of the better teams in the NFC, and they are going to miss the postseason. Uh, even though Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I believe Football Power Index has the Packers' chances of making the postseason at 4.8%. So it's not very likely the Packers are going to go on some magical run and make the postseason. Rodgers has also been beat up this year. Thumb injury. We found out that was broken a couple of weeks ago. He did that week five in London against the Giants. Also suffered a rib injury. So he's had some injury concerns this year. The offense just hasn't been very good. But they do have Jordan Love on the roster, a 2020 first-round draft pick who this offseason, they need to make a decision. Are they going to give him that fifth-year option, which is going to be worth about $20 million guaranteed? It is the Packers' bye week, so General Manager Brian Gutekunst decided to address the media this week. And here's what he had to say in terms of, do they need to see more from Jordan Love? I think it would be really good for him, you know, the growth that you need to go through, seeing things for the first time, making those mistakes that you need to make. Um, but I think from our end of it, we've seen what we need to see. Whew. So they've seen what they need to see. And he has one start. Started last year when Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID against Kansas City. Also played a half um, in, in the last game of the year after the Packers had wrapped everything up. And then got a 10-snap stint after Rodgers had that injury uh, a couple of weeks ago on Sunday Night Football in Philadelphia against the Eagles, where he's probably looked the best that he has in that short, regular season window that he's had an opportunity to deploy. So if you were the Green Bay Packers, Michael, would you tell Aaron Rodgers to sit down so you can see more of Jordan Love or are you in the Brian Gutekunst camp of, ah, we've probably seen enough, we can make a decision on this? If it's up to me, I'm probably playing Aaron Rodgers this week and then really having a difficult conversation with him. Or maybe not a difficult conversation because Aaron Rodgers has said that he is open to sitting down. I think the bigger question, Gabe, is something that you brought up, which is that fifth-year option. If they have really said that they have seen everything they need to see, that to me says probably not picking up that fifth-year option and then rolling with it next year and you kind of see what happens down the road. Because if he doesn't play at all next year, you can probably get her, get him for cheaper than $20 million. If he plays well, you're going to want to sign him to a long-term extension anyway. And if he doesn't play well, you probably don't want to have him. So that, to me, I think is is a no-brainer, right? It's To me, it's it's funny because... I don't think they have a choice. They cannot pick up this option because of the contract they decided to give Aaron Rodgers. It was a three-year deal, and this contract, at least in 2023, this upcoming season, seems virtually untradeable. It'd just be a huge salary cap hit that they would have to absorb, and you could do it after June 1st and then split that cap hit up over two years, but who's going to be trading for a starting quarterback after June 1st? 
I mean, the, part of the reason why a lot of these trades go down is because, you know, let's, let's take the Ru- Russell Wilson trade, for example, and maybe this is going to be a bad example since the Broncos ended up being bad this year. But the Seahawks wanted draft picks in the 2022 draft because presumably by giving up a good quarterback like Russell Wilson to the Broncos, they'd be picking in the back half of the draft, and that pick is not as valuable. So you want the higher picks now, understanding that some of the picks you might get later aren't going to be as good because you're trading away a good player. So the Packers aren't going to get the compensation they want should Aaron Rod- they decide to trade Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason. So then, he still has one year left on that deal. You can't pay $20 million to Jordan Love and the $40 million cap hit to Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you can be spending $60 million on that position and still be able to put a competitive team around whomever your quarterback ends up being. They put themselves in quite a pickle with this Aaron Rodgers extension, and even if they like Jordan Love, it seems like the best route to go is decline that option, and that's why I think Brian Kudenkutz has said, we've seen all we need to see, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with Jordan Love, and more has to do with Aaron Rodgers and the contract they gave him. Maybe. But I look at teams like the Bills a few years ago. I look at what the Falcons did this year. I look at what the Lions did a couple of years ago as well. And that sometimes if you know you might be in a rebuilding process, and let's be honest, the Packers probably heading towards you know rebuilding junction whenever Aaron Rodgers is done, you can swallow a lot of dead money. And you just do that. And maybe you say, okay, you know what? We actually do believe in Jordan Love. And understand that part of this is devil's advocate, right? We, we do believe in Jordan Love. We are going to pick up that number. We also think Aaron Rodgers is going to be part of the team in 2024 when that matters. So we're going to just eat a lot of dead money. It's going to be a bad team. And then we'll have either a really good pick into that, in that draft to go get a quarterback that you want to kind of roll the dice with. Or you saw what you got from Jordan Love and you feel okay about it. And that's your guy. And then you can use that maybe high pick, maybe not on another player to bolster what is going to be a rebuild, reconstructed roster that probably will still need wide receivers beyond Christian Watson at that point. They're just in a really tough spot right here because they've got decisions they need to make on players like David Bakhtiari, who just hasn't been fully healthy since tearing his ACL at left tackle a couple of seasons ago, and and he is due a big amount of money because they signed him to an extension the season in which he ended up tearing that ACL. So that's a big salary cap hit. Their defense isn't performing the way they want it to. They have so many holes on this roster that, yes, it would appear that they're heading towards some sort of rebuild. My guess is Aaron Rodgers is going to want to continue to play. Trading him in 23 does not seem to be an option. Maybe they end up trading Jordan Love. I I just have a hard time picturing Jordan Love being on this roster with the contract they decided to give Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, you can't really rebuild. You're trying to win a Super Bowl because rebuild's like, oh, in like three or four years, we could be really good. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have three or four years left, presumably. I don't think he wants to play for three or four more years. The most I think he ends up playing is the two more years of 23 and 24 that he has on this contract. So maybe they end up trading away Jordan Love to try to get at least something in return that they can try to make a push in twenty in 2023 and 2024 while Aaron Rodgers is still on the roster. That being said, that's also not the Packers' MO. They have never operated in terms of going all-in in trading players. Now they've gone all-in and put themselves in some salary cap messes going forward with some of the players they've decided to pay. That's their version of going all in. So I'm not quite sure if they would trade Jordan Love, even if they felt like they could get 
some sort of value from him. No, listen, that Aaron Rodgers contract, I actually just pulled it up while we were talking just to kind of get a better look at it. Man, that's yeah. a, it's a rough it's, deal. It's a, no, but it's a rough deal because of that option, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's that option bonus, the $47 million option bonus that's fully guaranteed that's due to Aaron Rodgers. That is that poison pill in that 2024 deal because that makes that $79 million, if this if my numbers are correct here, in what would be not cap savings. You'd lose $79 million and your cap savings... Your debt money would be 117 million. Like it's yeah, a it's, wild contract, it, man. Like you, you really, if you're the Packers, you need to hope Aaron Rodgers retires. Like that's that's your out. Yeah, like that's your out. And I don't think he's retiring at least after this season. Maybe after 23, you have that out. But at that point, you've already got to make that decision on Jordan Love, and maybe you can get him. Maybe you can't. Maybe he wants to test free agency. Who knows what happens? Or maybe he's just sick of sitting and asks for a trade. They have put themselves in a sticky situation, and they're going to have an interesting offseason, that's for sure, this upcoming spring. Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The Packers might make a quarterback change before the end of the season, but who else should consider one? That's next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. On your smart speaker as well, just say play ESPN Radio. No Canty, no Carlin. I'm Gabe Nigel. He is Michael Rothstein. We are in for the guys today. And it is V Week at ESPN when we partner with the V Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. This game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. The we were just talking about the Green Bay Packers and maybe they try to see a little bit more out of Jordan Love and they could be making a decision about their future at the quarterback position coming up, Michael. But the team that you cover each and every day, the Atlanta Falcons, they're in a unique position as well where their season has probably gone better than I would say most have anticipated in terms of wins and losses. But it seemed clear from the outside that Marcus Mariota was going to be a one-year stopgap before they potentially went to Desmond Ritter, who they spent a draft pick on. Have we reached the point in that season where they're going to consider potentially putting Ritter in at the starting quarterback spot? I I believe so. I I really do. And a couple things there. First, they had hoped that Marcus Mariota would be more than a one-year stopgap. There there was some hope there. They did give him a two-year contract. Now, the second year is largely an option they can get out of fairly painlessly, especially because they're going to have a lot of cap room to play with. But they had hoped because Arthur Smith had worked with him before. He'd obviously really helped in the resurrection of Ryan Tannehill's career. So there was some hope there like, hey, this can work, but if it doesn't work, it wasn't a they're committed long term. 
It has not gone well for Marcus Mariota the last five weeks. They're one in four in the last five games. Marcus Mariota has not thrown for over 200 yards in the last five games. He's only completed, he actually hasn't completed more than 65% of his passes in a game. He's only completed 65% once. He's made some really bad errors. And all of that has led to this. Before Sunday, Arthur Smith had been very, very adamant about Marcus Mariota as the starting quarterback. They lose to Pittsburgh. And after the game, I asked him, first question, are you making a quarterback change? And he said they are going to look at everything. And they're going to evaluate everything. Then on Monday, he was asked again by me, hey, what's going on? Have you made a decision? And he basically said they're going to have some intense meetings and look at everything. Changes will be made. Now, he didn't say specifically quarterback, but it feels like it at this point, like that that's going to happen. It feels like that might be the direction that they are headed because they also need to know what they have, at least in some way, in Desmond Ritter before next year's draft. Because this isn't a Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers situation like we were talking about last segment. It, no. it is a... You have a rookie, you need to have an idea because you also then maybe have to go figure out who your quarterback of the future is because you don't have Aaron Rodgers on the roster to do that. Like They need to make this move. They're still in a playoff position here, so maybe Desmond, Desmond Ritter can provide a spark if they do end up going through with this, and we see what happens. But that seems to be the win-win situation, right? Because yes. now is the time to do it. You do it during the bye week, even though it's an incredibly late bye week for a team like the Falcons. This ends up being the win-win. You get that evaluation, and if he provides the spark and you can somehow make it playoff push in what's been a bad division all season long in the NFC South, it seems to be a win-win proposition. But with four games left on the schedule, is that enough? Is that enough to get a fair evaluation of whether or not he's the quarterback of the future and whether or not you want to go out and try to draft somebody else in this upcoming draft? I think it's a short-term, enough in a short-term, it's about as much as Brian Gutenkus has had with, with Jordan Love, maybe more than that, if, again, if they end up making this move. It's, I, I get it. I mean, here's the thing too, right? If you're Arthur Smith, like you said, this team is way more competitive than a lot of people thought it was going to be. And they were doing it in part because of what Marcus Mariota was doing at the beginning. If you make this move too soon, perhaps you lose the locker room if it doesn't go well with Desmond Ritter. Well, now you've lost four or five. Your offense is stagnating. It makes more sense to do it. But, you know, Gabe, as we know, this is not the only team that is maybe looking at a quarterback move. No, really is not, as uh, you know, other teams really have to make decisions, uh, like, like the New York Jets, trying to figure out what exactly they're going to be doing uh, with their quarterback position, and, and Mike White has looked pretty good. I mean, was this close, and I'm doing what you did earlier, you know, that the fingers are so, so tight together, was that close to potentially beating the Vikings on the road, had a great game the week before, I don't know if he's the long-term answer, but he's been a fun short-term answer for the New York Jets as they've been a fun team with some of the young weapons they have and a defense that's playing great under Robert Sala. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would stick with Mike, with Mike White as long as they are in playoff contention and or have something to be playing for. Like The only reason I would go back to Zach Wilson if I'm the Jets is if I've got nothing left in Week 18. Either I'm locked into playoff positioning or I... I'm out of the playoffs. That's the only way I would go back to Zach Wilson this year if I am Robert Sala. And obviously Houston, by the way, going back to Davis Mills now <laughs> after benching him and going to Ryan Allen. Like, the NFL is going to get weird the last four weeks, I feel like, Gabe. I think it's going to be a lot of maybe quarterback musical parts. 
Yeah, to try to figure out what some, what you have in some of these young guys. And it's a little bit different just because there was the one quarterback taken in the first round and Kenny Pickett by the Steelers. Whereas next year, I feel pretty comfortable that the Houston Texans are probably going to take a quarterback with the presumable number one overall pick. Or even if, let's say, the Bears, the only other team that's been eliminated at this point, let's say somehow the Bears passed them, ended up with the number one pick. They seem to be set with Justin Fields. Uh, my guess is the Texans end up with a different quarterback than Davis Mills. Yes, oh, without question. And I think there are going to be a lot of teams in that top five, six, seven that might be drafting quarterback. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting quarterback carousel over the final month of the season. Betting on himself paid off for Aaron Judge, but it's not paying off for someone else. That's next on Canty and Carlin right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.